talk to you today about now that I am a Christian. Uh, that kind of came from a conversation that I had with a person and just uh, kind of struggling in their walk with God and we're asking, well, how do I walk away from the darkness? And uh, how do I live my life for Christ? And so that was kind of the, in the back of my mind as I came across these scriptures. And so that's what I want to talk about here today. Now that I'm a Christian, Philippians chapter 3, 12 to 16. So if you have your Bibles there, if you want to turn with me there. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree in some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the singing. I thank you for the testimony, Lord. I thank you for the word of encouragement that came forth. Thank you, Lord, for the, the people that have uh, helped in this service. And Lord, even in making this uh, sanctuary a beautiful place to come. And so, Lord, we give thanks today. And we uh, just pause to say again, thank you. And as we do that, Lord, we also look to you to hear from you and what you would have to say to us here today. So, Lord, help us that our ears may be open to receive that which you are speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes as Christians, we kind of assume that everybody knows what to do when you become a Christian and uh, we lead people to Christ or people come to Christ, uh, come to the knowledge of faith in Christ. But they kind of wonder, well, what am I supposed to do? And sometimes we can maybe not do the job that we really should be doing at times about sharing with them and helping them to live that new life, the Christian life. Because being a Christian does involve some changes. And it is a process, and it does take time. And we do grow in that. We're supposed to be growing in that, that we get closer and closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It doesn't just all happen at once. It is a process, and we grow through time. We start that Christian walk by coming to faith in Jesus Christ, where we take that step that we say, yes, I, I do believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died, that he rose again. And, and we start at that place just believing that he is the very Son of God that was sent as the Savior and to our world. And, of course, Christmas reminds us of that. As we come that Christmas season, we're reminding ourselves that this is where salvation begins, where we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and as our Lord. From believing in Jesus and walking in our lives, we take another step of recognizing that we are all sinners and that we need to repent of our sins and change our ways that we may walk more in the ways that are pleasing to God. And that sometimes becomes a struggle for us uh, to walk in some new ways that maybe we weren't familiar with before, but to walk in new ways is now becomes that challenge. For some people, they were brought up in a God-fearing home. And uh, as Lynn was speaking this morning, I was like, man, this, she keeps going. I won't have to preach because this is really good because that was part of my introduction about the blessing that we have 
when we've been brought up in a, a God-fearing home. We have things to pass on. We already have knowledge of how to be a Christian, how to live a Christian life. We already have that. It's already built into us. And so that when we come to that faith in Christ, it's rather a very easy step to then walk in those ways because we already know them because we were brought up in, that, in those ways. And so that's a beautiful testimony, testimony and, and a lot of truth there that makes it easier for us to be a Christian and to walk as a Christian if we've been brought up uh, in a Christian home. But sadly, that's becoming uh, less and less and less in our society today. It's rather amazing that we have numbers of people that have never been in a church before. Uh, those of us who are older, uh, we grew up in church. Lots of people went to church. But today's society, that's not so much the way it is anymore. And so we find that there's lots of people that come to church and they have no, no, no background of Christian faith to compare themselves to or to know how a Christian should live because they have no background whatsoever. There's many that have never touched a Bible, never opened up a Bible, never read a, a Bible. And so there, there's lots of folks that are coming into the kingdom right now that, you know, they're, they're struggling with this whole idea of being a Christian and living this Christian life. And so if you've been brought up in a more chaotic home, maybe there was dysfunction in your home or even worse, abuse. And uh, when I talk with people, let me tell you, uh, we have a lot of stories in this church. This church is an amazing church of the stories of what people have gone through in their lives, the hardships, the difficulties, and how God has helped them, brought them through. Because sometimes it's not always easy. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, to live the Christian life. But no matter what our upbringing is, there's always help when it comes to living this new life of our Christian faith. And you need to realize you shouldn't be walking this journey alone. That's not a good thing. Uh, there is a local church. Could be, be a part of a local church. Get involved with a local church. Uh, get to know your pastor. Get to know other people in the church, uh, your brothers, sisters in Christ, uh, that they can help you. They can talk with you. They can help see you through some of those struggles that you may be facing. And everyone faces struggles. And so you need to realize that right from the very beginning that there's nobody perfect uh, in the church. Uh, we're all human beings. We all have our struggles in our lives. And so we all can learn from one another and we all can help one another. And so that's a great place to start to get help. And of course, there's God himself uh, who will help us through his Holy Spirit. He teaches us, he guides us, he convicts us, he leads us, he witnesses uh, with our hearts and with our minds how we can best serve the Lord and walk out our faith. Uh, so great that God does that, that we can be maybe totally unaware that we maybe we're doing something that is wrong, we have no idea that it's even wrong, but all of a sudden there's something inside that tells us, you know what, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. And that's the Holy Spirit, God speaking to us and helping us uh, to lead a life uh, that is more aligned with a Christian. And then there's the Word of God, the Bible. How precious the Bible is. It really is. And again, in our society today, a lot of people don't even know about the Bible, never read the Bible, don't know anything that it says. And the Bible is there as our instruction manual. And, and to read it, it's our map. Uh, it provides us with all the information that we need to live a Christian life. Everything that you need to know about living the Christian life is found in the Bible. Now, these things can all help us as Christians to live the life that God expects from us. 
But we also realize that there are struggles, again, that we all face. Uh, our faith does get put to the test. Uh, let me tell you, the enemy of your soul, the devil, will make sure that he will test your faith to really see if that's a genuine faith or not. And so he's going to test you. But sometimes, you know, as we live that Christian life and we go through things in life, sometimes we can question our own faith. Sometimes we can wonder about our own faith. And sometimes we get down and discouraged and saying, well, I don't know how I can continue to keep maintaining this Christian witness uh, and this Christian witness of faith. So it's not always easy. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. You know, what should a Christian do? Or what should a Christian not do? If you ask that question, even if we ask that in this room, you know what, we'd probably have a lot of different answers. We really shouldn't have a lot of different answers, but that's sometimes how we view things. And so uh, what should a Christian do or what should a Christian not do? What is appropriate for a Christian and what's not appropriate? How do you overcome strongholds? How do you overcome old habits? Uh, how do you deal with your past? And those can be questions that we all can struggle with now that we are Christians. But the answers, really, they're not that far away. We can look to the scriptures. Uh, great place to look to the Bible. You have a question, look to the Bible. Uh, most Bibles today that you'll buy will have a concordance in the back that kind of helps you find out those things that you, you're looking for or thinking about, or you just go online. And uh, that's one of the neat things about online today. You can just put a portion of a scripture verse or just say if you're uh, you know, struggling with affliction and sickness, uh, just write that, you know, put that, Google it. And it's amazing. They'll show you all these scriptures that'll deal uh, with helping you to deal with sicknesses, diseases, and those kinds of things, or the, any kind of question you might have. But we're all a work in progress. Uh, again, none of us are perfect. We're a work in progress. And even the Apostle Paul recognized that he was not perfect. But there was a goal. There, there, his heart was to, to be more and more like Christ. And, and that's a key thing for all of us. We may not be perfect, but we should have a desire in our hearts that we might be better and better and representing Christ better and better as we grow in our Christian walk every day. And, and so that's something that keep in mind as well. You can think of the psalmist David. And uh, David, the Bible said he was a man after God's own heart, but we also see that David made some very major mistakes. But what was God telling us? He said, I'm looking for that heart because that heart's going to win. The heart will win if you follow the heart. And so that's very important for us to look at our hearts as well and that we submit that uh, to God. And so as I uh, was reading some of these scriptures, the one that came to my mind came from uh, Philippians uh, chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. And just those few verses itself, I, I think, kind of describes to us what we should be now that we are Christians. Or how, how, what, what can we do to help ourselves to live this new Christian life? And, and it says here, I focus on this one thing. This here's the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You know what? That pretty much summarizes what we need to know now that we are Christians. How are we going to keep living that Christian life? And the first thing the Apostle Paul encourages us to do now that we are Christians is to forget the past. We're to 
lose our mind and memory of those things of the past, things that have happened in the past to put them behind us. Verse 13, uh, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Now, and I realize that when we, he talks about that, that's not a, talking about obliterating your past because you do remember. I know we have memory issues. All of us can have memory issues, but we, we can mem- remember what has taken place in our past. So what's he really uh, talking about here? And, well, basically he's referring to telling us, don't allow your past, refuse to allow your past to absorb your intention your attention and impede your progress. It's putting that past behind you and starting afresh. We're, we're basically saying, I'm not going to allow my past to dictate my future. Because see, some people do that. They look back at their past and think, well, you know, my parents were like that. My grandparents were like that. And uh, I'm probably going to be like that. Well, no, you can make some changes. You're cutting off that past. You say, no, that's my past. There's a new life that I'm living now. Now, as we deal with our past, you know, just simply declaring that, well, I'm putting my past behind me, just saying those words, I'm sure, uh, they don't cut it. They really don't. And uh, so you need to do more than just say, yeah, my past is behind me now. I'm just going to serve the Lord. It doesn't quite happen that easily. When we deal with our past, there are some things that we need to do that will help us to actually move from our past. One of those things to do, and again, that's all part of the whole plan of salvation and the plan of serving Jesus, is to repent. See, that's something that we don't often hear about when we talk about salvation. Lots of people want to believe in Jesus. A lot of people want to receive Jesus, receive the blessings of Jesus, But if you want to be able to forget your past and put your past behind you, then you need to repent for things that you've done in your past. All of us have done things in our past that were wrong or things we've done in our past that we've been ashamed of. And a great place to to start in forgetting that past or putting that past behind you is to repent for it. And see, sometimes we... You know, we come to Jesus and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. And again, it's just a word, our sins. What sins? And so it's, if you want to really put that past behind, you start saying to God, Lord, I ask you that God, that I repent for these things that I've done in my life. And you start naming them. And you go through them and you repent of those things and you ask God to forgive you. It's taking responsibility for our sins. It's acknowledging them repenting of them, telling God we're really sorry that we've done these things. I've watched some people that they talk about their past where they were not living a Christian life. And they talk about with great excitement that it was wonderful. It was awesome. I'm thinking, then why did you need Jesus then? Why did you become a Christian if your past was so wonderful? And a lot of times I've watched those same people gradually, slowly go back to their old ways. Because they've never repented of that. They never repented that those things that they were doing were wrong and that they didn't line up with God. And so that's a great place to start where we talk about repentance. The Bible says, Acts 17.30, just one of many verses, says, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone, everywhere, to repent of their sins and turn to him. And that's really an important step for every Christian and helps break the power of our past 
over our lives. So take repentance seriously. Really mean it when you say to God, I am sorry for my past, and God will be faithful to forgive you. Now, another word that kind of has been around in Christianity, we don't hear it too much today, but it goes along with repentance, and it's called renouncing. And that's a great thing to do, especially if we've been involved in anything occultic or immoral or of a, a legal nature. To renounce means to give up the pursuit of, to cast off, to disown, to come out of agreement with, choosing to no longer partner with that behavior. See, if we don't you know, acknowledge that we've done things in our lives that have been wrong, then that, those things are just going to continue to keep happening as we live our Christian life. And it's a big reason why people still struggle with their past because they don't take their past sin seriously. So if you want to forget the past, if you want to break its hold on your life, then you need to repent. You need to renounce those things. Come out of agreement with those things. Confess them to God, asking for his forgiveness. Because the Bible says as we confess our sins, what? He is faithful and he's just to forgive us. And so if you really want to break your past, you need to start with repentance. And then a second area that will help you to forget your past and break its hold over your life is to forgive. Unfortunately, there may have been things that have happened to you in your past that were abuseful or harmful to you as a person. And as I said before, my heart breaks for people when I hear their stories of what people have gone through. I'm totally amazed sometimes uh, of what people have gone through, even here in our own church, uh, of what they've gone through in their lives. But if we don't deal with this area of our past, it too can affect us and hinder us in our walk with God and hinder us from forgetting that past as the trauma of what was done to us has been so great. But forgiveness does wonders here. And now, when we come to that place to forgive someone, we're not saying that what they did to us was okay. So you need to understand that with forgiveness, that you're not saying what you did to me was okay. But what you're doing is breaking off their hold on you. And you're dealing with the pain that happened to you. So you, you break that person's influences uh, over you and you release them to Jesus. You, you give them to Jesus. And as you give them to Jesus, they will give an account for what they have done to you. And uh, the Bible also says, it is my, I will avenge, says the Lord. You're not to avenge, I will do the avenging. And so if there's been something that's happened to you or someone has done things to you that were not good, when you forgive them, you need to understand that you know, there's still a consequence for what they have done, but you want to deal with the effects that they've had on your life. And so that's what you're dealing with. So you're breaking the power of the abuser as you forgive them. You're breaking the power of resentment and anger that you might have from your past that is hindering you from moving forward by choosing to forgive. And do remember, they still give an account to God. Uh, if it's been of a, a legal situation, then there is the, the courts of justice that can deal with that situation as well. Our job is to forgive, break their hold over our lives so that we can move forward from our past. And that's not always easy. Sometimes you may need help uh, to do that, to pray with somebody. And we do that here at our church. We pray with people, help people deal with things of their past where they have been hurt, abused, or, or whatever has come against them. Matthew 6, 14 says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. 
But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. So it's pretty important. If we want to be forgiven, then we need to be people who forgive. And as we think of the Lord's prayer ourselves, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And so it's very important uh, that we do these two things. So those are really two key areas that we need to be aware of that when we're dealing with our past, that we take those things into account. Now, a little prayer that sometimes I, I use with people uh, about forgiving uh, people about things that have been done to you is it would be similar to this. And you, you can make up your own prayer. There's no set prayers that do it. This is just something to help you follow. Uh, Father God, I choose to forgive so-and-so. And I choose to release this person to you, choosing to no longer partner with them in any way. Father God, I hand this person to you and I ask you to break me free from them and to cover this situation with the blood of Jesus. And you know, sometimes a great question to ask ourselves is, God, do I need to forgive anyone? Is there someone I need to forgive? And to ask that honestly, sometimes it's kind of a surprise. And God will say, yeah, there is. And a name will come to you just like that. And so if that name has come to you, just as we were talking about this, then you say, Father God, I'm choosing to release this person now to you. No, I choose not to partner with them any longer in any way. I hand this person to you. I ask you to break me free from them and to cover this situation in your blood. You know, just a prayer along those lines. So forgetting the past can be easily said. You know, we, we can just say, oh, yeah, that's what we do as Christians. We just forget the past. Uh, well, no, there's a struggle there sometimes. It can be a very big thing in our lives, and it can hinder us from moving forward in our Christian life. And so these are two, just two areas. There's more things we could talk about here about our past, but these are two important areas that can really bring you new freedom and help you to move forward in your Christian walk when you deal with repentance and deal uh, with forgiveness. Now that I'm a Christian, there's some things I need to deal with. I forget my past. I put it behind me. But as I do that, there may be some things I need to repent of and say, God, I'm sorry for I never did tell you that, Lord, that I was sorry for these things. And you do that. Or if it's an area where someone has harmed you in any way or offended you, maybe you need to just say, God, I, I just want to choose to forgive that person. I come out of agreement, Lord, with what has happened. And Lord, I just choose, I forgive them. And God helps us in that whole area as well as we take that step. Then secondly, now that we are Christians we need to start looking forward to what lies ahead. We need to start focusing on the future, breaking free from our past. Again, verse 13, it says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and look for, looking forward to what lies ahead. See, we need to be determined that our past will not determine our future because now we have a new life in Jesus Christ. Our past has been forgiven as we've repented of our sins, as we've asked God to forgive us. He has forgiven us. And now we're stepping forward into a new lease on life. It really is. It's like a, a brand new lease on life. Those sins have been wiped away. Those sins have been wiped clean. It's just like you're starting out like a, a brand new baby. And uh, it's all forgiven. And so that's what it's like. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
the whole uh, practice of baptism. What is it talking about? Well, it's talking about as you go down into the waters, it's, tells, it's associating with that's your past. You're burying your past. What you've done in the past, that's no longer going to be your behavior. And so you buried in the water. As you rise up out of the waters, you're basically declaring that I'm rising up to a new way of living. I have now decided to follow Jesus Christ. And as I rise out of these waters, that's who I'm going to be. I am a new person because now I'm going to walk in the ways of God. That's what you're basically showing uh, through baptism. So when you become a Christian, you're making a choice to now live a new life that you found in Christ Jesus. And again, very important that you make that choice that I am to live a new life. The past, I'm putting it behind me. I'm not going to live the same way that I used to. I'm now moving forward into a new life. So your focus, your desires are now in a new area of your life. You're not looking backwards. You're looking forwards. And, and uh, you know, as you look to Scripture and all the things that Scripture talks to us about and the difference that God makes in our life. I, I love Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you a hope. So that's where I want to walk. That's what the, those steps. I want to walk in that. I want to walk in that place where I experience good. Like Glenn was testifying. You know what? In my life, I experienced good. There was a foundation that got laid for me, and I experienced that which was good in my life. Well, God wants to give us good things. And so as we submit ourselves to him, we find ourselves in a place where we experience good and not disaster to give us a future and to give us a hope. So those are good things. God has good things for us. But our job begins by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keep looking at Jesus. If you start looking at people, I can guarantee you what will happen. People will disappoint you. Even fellow Christians can disappoint you. We need to be better testimonies that we don't disappoint others. But our job as Christians is to keep the focus on Jesus. Keep looking to him because he's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. Ephesians uh, chapter 4, 21, 24, some great little verses here that I think explain this very well too. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from him, says, throw off the old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on a new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So now that you are a Christian, you're to pursue a new way of life. You're to forget the past, put that past behind you, and now to live a brand new life, focusing on what is ahead, focusing on that one person that can help you to achieve that, Jesus Christ. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on him, and he will help you fulfill all those desires as you move forward in your Christian life. And then thirdly, now that you're a Christian, you need to press on. You need to act with a steady force, pushing steadily ahead, holding on to your faith. Again, verses 13, 14. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Once you become a Christian, you need to press on in your faith, doing everything that you can 
to stay in a right relationship with God, holding on to the progress that you've made. You don't go backwards, you only go forwards. Kind of like that old chorus that we used to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And that needs to be something that we really hold to, that when we become a Christian, that we already make the decision like, I ain't going back. I don't care what my past was like or how good I thought it might have been. I'm not going back there. I found a new way of living and I'm going to stay on that route. And so that's very important for us that. So you need to work at it. You need to press into God. It just doesn't automatically happen. You need to work at it. You need to keep your eyes in Jesus. You need to keep your eye in the heavenly goal of eternity and heaven. And determine that you're not going to allow anything or anyone to distract you or rob you of your eternal home. Press on. Press on. You may be going through some battles right now. You may be going through some difficulties in your Christian walk. You may be having some things going on in your life where you're not really understanding everything that's going on. What do you do? You keep pressing on to know what you've always... Press on in those areas where you know that are right and that are good. You just keep going down that path. Press on. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 25 says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets a prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. I love watching the Olympics and uh, those kinds of games and uh, always exciting and uh, to see how you know, people break different records. Uh, also exciting when you see someone that maybe stumbles or falls, but they don't give up. They get back up. Sometimes they're bleeding and they're limping, but they finish the race. And that's what the Apostle Paul was trying to tell us as well, that keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the goal. There's an eternity that's waiting for you in heaven. You don't want to miss that up. And even though you might stumble, you might fall at times, that you pick yourself up and you continue down that course. You continue down that race. Whether you're limping, whether you're bleeding, you keep going. You just decide within yourself, I will press on. I am not going to give up. Giving up is not an option. You need to train yourself to win. You need to discipline yourself to win. Just as an athlete trains you know, and, and works out, so you need to work out those spiritual muscles that you might be ready to press into your faith. Now that you're a Christian, you need to work on your faith. Get grounded in your faith. Build yourself up in the faith. We need to exercise in our faith. Read the Bible. Attend a Bible study. Pray. Attend a prayer meeting. Go to a local church. Uh, put effort into your faith. Work at it because it's a serious thing. Because it leads, there can be serious consequences of all eternity. Keep eternity in view. Keep the finish line in view. Don't allow anyone or anything to distract you or turn you off. Ultimately, you are responsible for your own salvation. Sometimes we like to blame it on this person, blame it on this event. No, you're responsible. You're the one that needs to pick yourself up. That's like going through, a, you know, that you get hit and you get knocked over. Somebody trips you. You just can't sit there and say, foul, foul, foul. You got to get up and get running again, going for that prize. Acts 2, 42 this is what the early church did as well. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, 
which we'll share in a little, a few moments, and to prayer. Now that you're a Christian, you need to press on in that faith, being fully devoted to serving God, that you might reach that heavenly prize of eternity in heaven. Work out your salvation. The Bible says work on it with fear and trembling. Take it very seriously. Press on. Work at it. Keep pushing yourself steadily ahead. Keep the focus. Press on. Press on. Press on. So we look at these just two verses here this morning. I think they really do summarize, gives us a good Christian motto to follow now that we are Christians. But now that we are, let's deal with our past. Let's put that past behind us. And we'll be able to do that as we start coming before the Lord and say, God, I'm sorry. There are some things I've done in my past that were wrong, and I need to deal with them. And then as we do that to renounce those things, put them behind us, forgiving people, people that have hurt us, people that have offended us, man, don't give them more power by living in that same place. You need to put those people behind you, put that offense behind you, and just start moving on, saying, I'm going to cross that finish line. Go ahead, because you're going to be way back there, but I'm going to cross the finish line. You're not stopping me. Start looking to new things that will encourage you, that will build you up in the faith. Press on. Keep the progress going. Keep working. Keep working on it. Keep pressing. Now that you are a Christian, keep the forward momentum. Be determined to serve the Lord all the days of your life. Work at your salvation. Put effort in there. There is a heavenly prize that is awaiting for us. And that's something all of us want to achieve. There's a day coming when this life will be over and we're going to stand before God. I want to be welcomed into an eternity of heaven. That's the goal. I want to get across that finish line. That's what's so important. Let's work at our salvation. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, pressing on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us.